Okay, first of all, um, welcome back. I guess it sounds like it's been a, a fairly challenging couple of weeks for you and the players. Yes, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Ali. Um, obviously, following the, the great result we had at Cardiff, um, very quickly through that weekend, we realised, um, unfortunately, COVID had, had got into the camp and, and we had a number of positive tests. So, we then had to react on the, on the back of that. We... Um, we had to quickly get some uh, some fitness tests out to the players that, that were able to to you know participate in them that were feeling well. There was a few obviously that wasn't feeling so great, and we had to wait on them recovering. So uh, it's never ideal preparation when the training grounds closed thirty six hours uh, up until thirty six hours before your next game. The, the truth is we have to deal with that uh, accordingly and, and get on with it. And um, I think the communication to the players and the staff throughout this period has been really important because obviously people like a rumour. Um, so throughout this period, that's what we've done. We've spoke to them as much as we could. And then certainly yesterday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, when we got them together as a group, we we allowed them to have their voice and ask some questions. And um, I think it was important. I didn't just brush it under the carpet. I think it was important to, to get the message across that this is not ideal preparation. Let's have it right. But at the same time, the players are becoming really quite comfortable with, with chaotic situations. And, and that's a big part of the way I manage is, is that, you know, there's always something around the corner you have to deal with. So this is just the next one, unfortunately. Um, we have to deal with it. There will be no excuses and we'll, we'll get a squad and a group of players out there that will be ready for the game. Try and give us an idea of what training you have been able to do over the last couple of weeks. Well, we had one group session on Thursday afternoon at two o'clock and, um, and we've had a light session this morning. And of course, because the players have not trained for, for nearly two weeks, they've, they've had, um, of course, they've had some uh, some things sent out to them by the fitness team to be getting on with in their own time. We've done a couple of Zooms, um, you know, to keep everybody sort of together. It's not the same as putting your boots on and going training as a group, of course. So one of the things we have to be really careful of is, is going 12 days without a training session and then coming in yesterday afternoon and doing too much. Um, obviously 36 hours before the game you, you've got to be careful in your loading anyway so um, as I say the, the, the messages that we've got across right from pre-season certainly tactically about the way that we play uh, are all embedded anyway now so this was just a case as I say of, of seeing almost doing a head count of who's available not just from the COVID but obviously through the, the injuries and as I say taking away the any excuses and making sure our mindset's right because this is a, a real challenging game I mean we know where Derby are on the table you know, look through the team and look through the squad of players that they've got. They've got players, particularly in them forward positions, who can hurt any team in this division. Um, clearly, they've been underperforming this season, uh, which is why they're in the position they are. The manager's unfortunately left, lost his job. So, we know the challenge in front of us. And as I say, it's important now that we're ready for it. Are you able to give us any numbers in terms of how many people were affected and now how many you, you've got clear to play tomorrow? Uh, on Yeah, tomorrow it is. <laughs> Yeah, as I say, there was a, there was a number of positives uh, with the players and the staff. Unfortunately, um, you know, we've still got one player who's, who's unfortunately not recovered uh, in time to to be ready for this game. Uh, we've had uh, a fresh positive as well this week, and um, of course, we're still awaiting uh, a couple of the international players' their results. Um, hopefully, tonight, if we go back to when we played Barnsley after the last international break, we didn't get from Ari Jesus. A negative test back until I think around 12.30 lunchtime on the match day. So again, we'll just have to do a head count tomorrow to see exactly where we're at. We've not seen Thomas Callas and Adam Nadge at all. They've not been able to, to train with us at all because obviously they need to take that test this morning and, and see if it's negative. So fingers crossed 
that them two guys are, are okay and they can rejoin the squad. Quite a challenge, absolutely. And then you've got Derby and uh, well, it's Wayne, Rooney's, Wayne Rooney's Derby now, isn't it? How is that going to affect things, do you think? Well, I studied front of the players this morning. And let's be honest, we don't quite know what team they're going to pick. We don't know what style they're going to go with. There's always going to be change, of course, when um, caretaker, interim sort of coaches. And they've got a four-man team. I know you say Wayne Rooney there. There's obviously a four-man team with, with Leon and Justin and, and Shea. And, um, you know, some real experienced coaches within that group. So, um, again, we, we look through their squad and we have an idea of the way that they might go. The main focus for us is, is as I say, is we've got our, our enough challenges at our end. We make sure that, that we're right and we're firing. Um, and in fairness, a lot of games this season we've, we've prepped for, we've, we've looked at the way teams have set up before playing against us with a certain formation and then they've, they've changed it to suit us. So, again, it's something we're becoming useful, uh, used to. And um, the main thing for us is making sure our mindset is right. There's no doubt about that. If I remember the last few years, Bristol City getting up ahead of steam, going into an international break, and then that kind of almost, you lose a bit of momentum sometimes coming out the other end. Uh, obviously, it's not been an ideal couple of weeks, but how do you try and try and get back firing where you left off? Well, you make sure you, there's not a self-fulfilling prophecy within that. I understand what's gone on previously. Um, in fairness, we came out of the last international break, we went to Barnsley and, and were 2-1 up with the last kick of the game, a dubious penalty. So, um, no, for us, as I say, it's taking care of, of tomorrow's game. And then what comes after that is, I think, nine games before Christmas. It's a huge test. Um, and again, we'll have to you know, see where the recovery is at after tomorrow's game. We might be OK physically for, for the game tomorrow. Certainly the the recovery post-game going into the game on Wednesday against Watford may be slightly different because, as I say, the players have not trained for nearly two weeks. Um, I don't think you'd ever start, if this was the first game of the season, I don't think you'd ever go into the first game of the season with your training ground closed and not training. But again, that's out of my control. What's in my control is making sure there's no excuses, no matter what situation. Uh, we've got a good group of players who, as I say, are becoming really used to, to chaotic circumstances. That's, a, as I say, a way that a big part of the way I manage. I just think that's, that's life in general. And, um, and I'm rather proud of the way that they've all stuck together and actually got their minds around the situation because I think COVID's become quite normal now in, in life. Uh, you know, the main thing in all this is that everybody's healthy and we can't get away from that. And we don't know the, the after effects of people that have suffered and then going into exercise and things like that. So, as I say, making sure that we, we support each other, we stick together. And uh, the next challenge is a game of football, which is, which is brilliant. Can't wait because there's been too much going on away from the game. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Dean. Thank you. Well, over to you, Ben. Lovely. Hi, Dean. I'm Ben from Sky. Nice to see you. Um, just going back to Wayne Rooney uh, and the other interim managers and coaches there at Derby. I just wonder when you were kind of um, moving on from playing and embarking on what was ultimately going to be a managerial career. Do you remember? Were you ever given? a good piece of advice from anyone or does anything stick in your head from someone who'd already made that transition? Well, I was very fortunate at the sort of tail end of my playing career. I was at Walsall with, with Dean Smith, Rich O'Kelly, two fantastic coaches, two great mentors for me who, who gave me lots of advice every day. And, and the best one was to go out there and make your mistakes, essentially. You know, you, you come into the end of a career which you've given your life to and, and coaching is totally different than, than playing. You know, the idea of, me, for example, being a captain of a team and talking to the group at half-time was, was fine. As soon as I put a coaching jacket on with my initials on it and had to address the players uh, around a training session or a team meeting, it's a, it's a different ball game, I can tell you, for sure. So it's becoming comfortable with, with, with your style. 
you know, you'll set up a training session and the, the area might not be the right size. It might be too small. It might be, it might be too big. It's making your mistakes and, and getting your experience. Um, as I say, it's, um, it's an industry coaching, which is, as I say, totally different. As a footballer, I think you, as much of a team player that you are, it's quite selfish in the fact that, you know, you, you, you're thinking about your own performance, your own preparation, your next contract, things like that. Um, as a coach, as a manager, of course, there's many more things to think about. So it's, um, it's a fascination which I got really early, to be honest with you. I had a great, as I say, mentorship under Dean and Rich and, um, you know, that's continued and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a job that I've grown to love. This weekend, for the first time, clubs in the EFL will be able to use five subs. Um, given your rather unique build-up, um, is it for you perhaps the ideal weekend for that rule to change and that you have a bit more of an opportunity to rotate some players and get some minutes in different people? It's a good question. I think in normal circumstances, yes. I think where we're at with the injuries and unfortunately a couple of COVIDs that have crept in, we, we might not need to use, we might not have enough players to be able to use the 20-man squad. We'll have to see. I think there's a head count tomorrow morning and we'll see how many that we've got available. But certainly thinking back to post-lockdown um, last season with them five, final five games I was in caretaker charge for, it's, I think it's, it's right. I think it's right that you know, we've, we've got the opportunity to use five subs. As I've just said there, we've come out of a crazy schedule before this international break and we're now going into, in the Championship, nine games before Christmas, I think. So you know, there's a game every three days and that can take its toll. And, as I've said before, there's been many more injuries this season. And of course, we, you know, the first thing you do is look at the way that you're training and your recovery. But I think at the same time, we're effectively into two seasons worth of football now with maybe a two-week break at the end of it last season. So it's a time that none of us have ever been through before. And I think we're, we're learning as we go. So anything that can help the player welfare, I think, is, is, is worth bringing in. And just one final one from me, if I may. Um, MPs again today have been highly critical of this failure between the Premier League and the EFL to agree to a financial support package. Have you any idea how close an agreement might be? And I suppose equally, how important is it that an agreement is reached in the near future for all of the clubs in the EFL? Your first question, Ben, I've got no idea. I mean, you know, the last couple of days in particular with, with what we've been through here in, in terms of the COVID and, and stuff, I'm just fully focusing on getting a squad ready for this game tomorrow. In terms of your second question, I think football in this country is number one sport, as we all know. It's a huge part of everybody's life. Uh, this is affecting communities right throughout the country. And, the, you know, the quicker we can get fans back in the stadium safely, I think is going to be an incredible uh, morale boost for the population. Um, and certainly to say football clubs has to be right up there at the, at the top end of the, of the list. Because if you look recently with, with, with Berry, for example, that went, I mean, this is affecting so many thousands of people's lives. So uh, anything that can be done, and it's easy for me to say, because it's not me putting my hand in my pocket, but I think there's, you know, you'd like to think there will be enough money um, in the Premier League and, and, and within the government to, to find a way of, of keeping these football clubs going. Because it's been a tough, you know, can you imagine being the owner or a chairman of a football club in these times or any business? There's too many businesses going under because of the situation that we're in. And it's nobody's fault. We've got to pull together and, and, and work out a way of, of, as I say, coming through this and everybody hopefully being healthy and having a football club to support at the end of it. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Dean. Thank you. Gregor, please. Hi, Dean. How, how have the last two weeks been for you? And can we assume that you're not one of those that's been affected? Hi, Gregor. It's... Um, Someone texted me the other day and said, I bet you've brought about two autobiographies out since you got the job 12, 13 weeks ago. It's been, um, 
it's been very, very interesting, I have to say, that my, my main focus, as soon as the messages started coming through post-Cardiff, um, that COVID unfortunately crept into the camp, my first focus and thoughts were around making sure everybody was, was healthy and safe, as I say, because I think it's become a bit blasé in recent times that, oh, they've got COVID and, oh, they're going to miss a game of football. You know, we've got to make sure that you know, this doesn't affect people's health. And, and luckily, although we are missing a player tomorrow due to not recovering in time, you know, he's going to be okay. So that was my main concern. As I said before, Gregor, beyond that, it was just making sure that I had the facts ready to hand because, you know, people, obviously, the rumours can start and it was, you know, my communication with Mark Ashton and Andy Rolls was important to get the exact facts of, of who was positive and who was asymptomatic, who had symptoms, things like that. And then we had to get to work and put a plan in place of keeping the players fit, the ones that were healthy enough to take part in the sessions. And um, obviously the full focus beyond making sure everyone being okay health-wise was making sure they were ready for this next game because there were some early sort of things said around if we have enough cases, would the game be in jeopardy, things like that. My main focus from day one was this game's going ahead and we have to make sure the players and the staff are ready for it. So it's been a strange time. Communication is the biggest thing in all of it, I find. It's, it's giving the players the, uh, the chance to voice their concerns, uh, the staff also. And it was great yesterday to get them all back together, although it's, what, 36 hours before the next game. We've, we've not seen each other for nearly two weeks, but to get everyone together yesterday afternoon on, on Thursday was, was nice. To get back out on the grass doing what we love um, was a really good feeling. So, as I say, really looking forward now to, uh, to football becoming the main talking point again. Yeah, for sure. But you weren't one of those affected then? I was, yeah. I was, unfortunately, one of the... One of the guys that was positive, there was, a, as I say, there was a number of players and staff um, that were positive. Um, I was, I had no symptoms at all, fortunately. So I've been able to uh, to get on with my work in the background, as I say, and, um, and and focus on making sure everybody else is okay. And and just to clarify, some people have been asymptomatic, but some people have displayed symptoms such as the the cough or the high temperature or loss of um, smell or taste. Yes. Yeah, I can confirm that, Gregor. We've had, uh, yeah, some people have, have been symptom-free and some have unfortunately had the symptoms. But as I say, most of the guys now are coming out the other end of it and um, that's the main thing. And just for fans watching or watching or listening or reading this, they might assume that it's all just players, but it is backroom staff as well, isn't it? It was a mixture of players and staff, yeah. Um, okay, and... How's the squad looking away from COVID for the weekend? Um, the likes of players just with, kind of, I don't mean to be blase, but to just regular injuries like Liam Walsh and, and Joe Williams. How are, they, how are they doing? I think you said before that they might be back after the international break. Are they, are they any closer? Unfortunately, no. Certainly, um, with Walsh and Joe Williams, no, they're, they're uh, not ready to return just yet. Um, they're working away in, in the background. It's been a frustrating time for everybody, for the, not, not least the players themselves. Um, and as I said quite early within this, I think everybody wants a time frame on any injury. The player themselves, the first thing you do when you get injured is when can I be back? Um, it's not always a smooth, plain sailing sort of return to fitness. And um, you know, they, those guys have, as I say, so, uh, you know, along the way, things have not gone you know, according to plan all the time. So... Um, unfortunately, they're not ready to come back just yet. And um, they're working in the background, as I say, and hopefully we'll, we'll get them back um, pretty soon. Have you spent the last two weeks in Portishead yourself or did you go back up to Manchester? 
I've been in Bristol the whole time. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been getting on, as I say, with my work uh, down in Bristol. So um, isolation's a tough thing for anybody. I have to say, there's a uh, again going back on what I spoke previously. I, you know, I'm, I'm symptom free. I'm fine, but um, a big part of, of all this is making sure, you know, aside from the health, the physical side, is making sure all the guys have been okay because. Um, Sticking in four walls for 10 days, 12 days, whatever it can be, you know, it's quite tough. So, no, I've been fine. Um, what's the latest on Alfie Morrison? Is, is there any, um, how's he doing at the moment? Is there any return date for him at the moment or not? There's no return date on Alfie. Obviously, in regular contact with him, he's so positive about his return and it's a great thing to see. He's so driven and wants to get back as, as quickly as he can. Um, you know, we're in the, under the guidance of Fulham at the moment. Um, I think there's a an appointment soon with uh, with the specialist to see exactly where he's at post operation, and uh, we'll move. Once we get a bit more information, we can move on with that. And Callum O'Dowdy, you got him back early, didn't you, from Ireland? You don't miss a trick, do you, Gregor? He um, Callum unfortunately suffered a dead leg while he was away with Ireland, and yeah, he came back. He missed uh, the game on Wednesday, and he flew back, and uh, has been back with us. He's had his his negative COVID test, and, um, and Callum's back with the group. It seems a long time ago now, but you signed Adrian Mariapa last week. <laughs> <laughs> why, why have you brought him in and what's he going to offer? It was great to finally meet him yesterday because, as I said, it's been, um, it's been too long through the events that we've been through. Um, you know, we've been light in that position. Unfortunately, we've suffered injuries. We didn't think were obviously going to happen in that, in that department. You have to react to that. Um, Adrian's a player that can play in a few different positions. He's very, very fit. He, he's still really keen on on achieving a successful uh, season this season. He's kept himself in tip-top shape while he's while he's been away from Watford, and he's a fantastic character. I've spoke to many people at, at Watford now, including ex-teammates and, and ex-coaches, and, and and the character references have all come back that you know he's a fantastic character to have around the squad. So. Uh, first and foremost, he'll be competing for a place in the team. And obviously, aside from that, you know, to bring, a, as I say, an experienced in, uh, player, international player into the squad, you know, can only be of benefit to not only the young players, but everybody around them as well. Just finally, if you've been around Bristol a lot, then you'll have seen the big sports story around Bristol, possibly, has been the appointment of Paul Tisdale down the road. Just wondered if you've come across Paul at all and if you think that's a good appointment. I just got told that. Pat Mountain told me that this afternoon, actually. I'd missed that one. Um, well, he's. I met him once, actually, when in 2012, when, uh, when I, I eventually signed for Walsall under Dean Smith. And <laughs> again, how your paths can, you know, slide indoors moment, I suppose. But yeah, I met, I was in uh, Cornwall. We'd gone for a week down in the caravan and Paul was, was down that way. So I went and met him for coffee and spoke about the possibility of, of joining his, his Exeter team at the time. That never materialised. But I liked what I heard from him. I liked the person. He's a little bit different in his approach, and I like that. And uh, of course, the way that his teams play is, uh, is really pleasing to the eye. So, no, I'm sure he'd be really keen to, to get back going again. His, his time at MK Dons probably didn't last nowhere near, well, certainly didn't last nowhere near as long as his time at Exeter. So, I'm sure he'd be keen to, to get back at it. Cheers, Dean. Good luck for the weekend. Last but not least, Lawrence. Yeah, hiya, Dean. Hey, listen, thanks for taking time out to do these questions away from COVID. Um, 
Yeah, so, so it was just kind of a couple of questions on Sam Pearson, uh, the youngster you've got in the sort of under-23s, and, and where he's at at the moment in terms of his development. Well, he's a player that's obviously come through our academy, uh, representing Wales up until under-21 level, and, and they do really well. He's, um, you know, we keep a close eye on all our players, whether they're out on loan, whether they're in, in the under-23 team. And Sam certainly is he's, he's performing well. Um, He's very, very down to earth, quite a quiet lad off the pitch, I have to say, although in, probably in his own group of, um, of players, he, he can be quite lively from what I can see. But he's, uh, he's got a great mindset, wants to learn, which is, which is in any young player is huge. Um, you know, the ability to ask questions and to want to improve is, is one of the biggest things. So, uh, as I say, he can be certainly pleased with, with his development up to this point. Um, you never know as, as the season goes on. You know, we're looking at... January and beyond that of maybe including even more under 23s into our first team squad with this extension of of subs that we can use. So we've got Riley Towley and o, Riley Towler, sorry, and Opie Edwards at the moment, and um, you know Sam, somebody that we're keeping close eye on. Yeah, because it didn't quite work out with him with Weymouth uh, and that loan, and I was just wondering whether they might be looking at another loan in January or, or whether you want to kind of develop in-house at the moment? Yeah, we've got a recruitment meetings starting to take place pretty soon leading into January and that's always the case with, with incomings and outgoings at first team level but just as importantly, uh, you know, the levels below that as well. So that, there'll be conversations that we'll be having in, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, them, them meetings are in the diary and ready to sort of go. So um, again, we look back at, uh, I think going back to even to Joe Morell that obviously left the club recently. I remember going out to Margate, didn't, wasn't, didn't particularly work for him. At the t- These are experiences um, that you really can't buy as a young player. You know, it's not all going to go completely smoothly in any career. It's just not whether it's an injury, whether it's a manager that doesn't fancy you, whether it's loss of form. So all these experiences, although at the time might not feel very nice, you know, they're a big part of um, of any footballer's journey. So as I say, the, the biggest thing is he's, he's a really down-to-earth lad who, who wants to learn and you know, we're pleased with him. Okay, Steph, uh, just finally, just on a slightly wider note, really, of, of those players at a really critical time in their development and, um, and, and so COVID has affected their opportunities, if you like. I know he's not played international football for, for Wales for a year now, so it's a, it's a tough time for them. Well, it's a t- the truth is, it's a uh, tough time you. for everybody <laughs> yeah. in, in life you know, and young footballers are obviously part of that. Part of that. Uh, certainly from a footballer's career, yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, if you think about our under-23s group and staff. They're having to train at a different time so that they don't come into contact because of the COVID bubble. Um, so we've not been able to watch them as much as we would like. So we're having to do it by watching the training footage through the drone and, and obviously getting to games when we can. So again, it's not been ideal for anybody. Um, the biggest thing is, uh, is people's mental health is okay at the end of it. And that you know that these guys are given an opportunity because as you say there, we've not been able to bring them into the group as much as we would like. Some days we'll be training on the pitch next to us and we might need a couple of extra players and we'll just bring them straight across. Now it's got to be a, they've got to be obviously tested. They've got, you know, so again, it's something that we're looking at going into January of, of, of how many we bring up and keep with us as we've done with Riley and Opie. Great stuff. Dean, thank you very much for that.